Pump up the volume on your parenting with Parent Pump Radio. Tune into something different that makes a difference. At Parent Pump Radio, instead of a ripple, we choose to create a splash. Get energized, get inspired, and get informed with how to parent in the new millennium with your host and parent coach super guide, Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. Hi, this is Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. Welcome to Parent Pump Radio. I want to see how you can leave a legacy and we need more cash flow in our lives. I can help you create more cash flow through real estate investing. Go to the link in the show notes, schedule a time with me. So let's talk. Go to my website, integrativeminds.com. Now our show is available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and it's syndicated on rethinkradio.org, oneideaaway.com, and Armed Radio. I have the pleasure of introducing my guest today. She is a good friend of mine and such a wealth of knowledge. She is the co-author of the young adult cautionary novella called A Night in Jail. She also co-produced a stage adaptation and a high school student-led short film based on the story. She's a former actress. She graduated with a degree in drama from the University of Washington. She's an advocate who speaks about the mental health harms of teen marijuana use. And next month, she will be speaking at the New York Alcohol and Substance Abuse Provider Conference. So ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to Heidi Anderson Swan. Hi, Heidi. Hi, Hi, Jacqueline. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. You are such a wonderful speaker and I love the message that you give out. Yes, it's important, isn't it? Yes. Heidi's going to do a PowerPoint presentation. So for For all of you who are listening, please go to our YouTube channel at Parent Pump Radio and you can see the actual visual that we're seeing. Heidi, I'm going to hand the computer over to you and monitor. Let's get started. Okay, thank you. When I was 12, I started drinking and smoking pot. And this was a very common age uh, for this to happen in the Pacific Northwest where I was from. One time I was getting high with my best friend and we were in the laundry room of my house. And all of a sudden I had this experience where I didn't know who she was and I didn't know where I was. And then I'd remember, and then I'd forget, and then I'd remember, and then I'd forget. And this just went on for a while. It was so frightening. I just thought it was a bad trip or that my marijuana was laced with something. And I really didn't think much about it. It wasn't until recently that I discovered there's a term for what happened to me. It's called cannabis-induced psychosis. That's where a person loses touch with reality. So um, pot was not my favorite thing to do because pretty much every time I used it, I had a negative experience with it. So I only used it sporadically. It was, however, my brother's favorite thing to do. He loved that out-of-body experience. To him, it was like being in the fun house. And so he smoked a little bit every day from the time he was a young teenager all the way through high school, college, and graduate school. But just because he smoked pot every day didn't define who he was as a person. He was really smart. He got good grades. He had a lot of friends. He had girlfriends. He played sports. He was ambitious. We went to church. We went on family vacations. We came from a really good home. 
but pretty much everything which can go wrong with a person who uses pot regularly did go wrong for my brother. He completed graduate school in the bottom third of his class. And after that, he needed to uh, excuse me, pass his exams so he could practice in his field of study. But he couldn't pass those exams. He took them three times and he failed three times because his brain wasn't able to retain what he was studying. Even worse, he says that a big problem he had with marijuana is that it made him feel like everything was going to be okay. It's okay if he studies at the beach for his tests. It's not a big deal if he takes out a student loan. He'll get a job one day to pay it back. Everything's fine. Everything is okay. But the marijuana was lying to him because things were not okay. He needed fire under his butt, you know, to get studying and to take his uh, coursework very, very seriously. And he shouldn't have been taking out student loans. Seven years of an expensive education after high school were wasted, completely wasted. He couldn't get a job in his field of study. What he did have was student loans and a raging addiction to marijuana. After a while though, he said marijuana became too boring and he moved on to cocaine, which became the love of his life. And then eventually he moved on to crack, which became the next love of his life. And in short order, he was homeless and living under a freeway. And there he is at that time. Wow. And this is homeless in Seattle where it rains practically every day. He went to jail 18 times. Wow. During this time, our family um, staged an intervention for him. He came in and he was full on homeless, homeless. Like he smelt bad. His clothes were like cardboard. His nails were long and yellow and had soot all over underneath them on his fingers. His, his teeth were brown, like the four of them that were still there and you know, practically falling out of his gums, which were black and purple. He smelled so bad. It is, it is so hard for me to see a homeless person on the street. Um, but to have seen my brother like that was absolutely excruciating for our whole family. Um, so our intervention with him lasted for five hours and he refused treatment and he walked back out into the rain. Oh my gosh. What a, that's such a transformation from that first picture. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. And what's the span of that? From the About first 15 years. Wow. So what happens next is a, a long and windy road of more homelessness, more incarceration, um, and... Eventually, I, I wound up uh, tricking him into getting evaluated by a psychiatrist for Social Security. And that's a really long story. And if you care to hear it, it's on our website, anightinjail.com, on our author's page. So when he went in and actually did see the psychiatrist, he told her that he had been hearing voices. Now, I was shocked. I knew he was crazy. I knew he was delusional and paranoid, but schizophrenia, I had absolutely no idea. Um, so he, he got medication, he got on social security, 
um, because schizophrenia is a serious mental illness and it's a debilitating one and people can't work when they have this mental illness. And he moved into a little room of a boarding house in Seattle and um, he was really isolated during that time. He would just lie on the floor of his room in the, on the old cushions that he used to sleep on underneath the freeway. Um, and he would just lie there listening to the radio. And every day he would, you know, walk down to the store down the street to buy a coffee and, a, you know, a can of beans or something or bagels. And he would talk to the clerk there. That was his only social outlet. And so he became suicidal. What also contributed to his feelings of suicide was that the medication made him realize that the voices he was hearing in his head and the delusions that he was having while he was living out on the streets were only delusions. They, they were not real. And he was able to see that what he had done for all these years was completely throw away his education and all of his opportunities. Um, so that was really, really hard for him. And our elderly mother saved his life by saying, okay, well, you can come and live with me in Palm Desert. And so um, that's what he did. And this is a picture of him right at a, a, about that time. It's actually a couple of years later, but just wow. so that you can see what he looks like now, you know. Yeah. And so um, while he was living with my mom, our mom, and under her very good care because she fed him. And there are really good support meetings in Palm Desert for people who have a serious mental illness and also have addiction issues. And so he was hooked into a social network. And so while he was living with her, he got to be, you know, pretty healthy. And, and then he and I um, started having conversations because I wanted to know what was he thinking when he was living outside? Yeah. What were those delusions that he was having? Um, and so what he told me was horrible and fascinating all at the same time. For instance, he believed he was John the Baptist and he was living outside because God told him to live outside. One of the other things that he believed is that he thought that he was being followed by the CIA 24 hours a day. That seems to be a common theme for schizophrenia. That yeah, the paranoia. Follow, yeah, the paranoia that's, yeah. that the government's following them. Yes. Yes, that's a form of psychosis, paranoia. Okay. So it was very, very interesting for me to hear this point of view. And at the same time, I started finding studies which showed a relationship between teen cannabis use and schizophrenia and psychosis. Now, this is a very recent article here, and all of the slides that I'm going to show you in this presentation are very recent. Um, so this is like what I was starting to see. I was um, really quite surprised. Articles like this yeah, said but it that, says, I'm sorry, I'm going to, for the people that aren't watching, they're just listening. It, the article is from Baltimore Sun. It says, before marijuana legalizes, before Maryland legalizes marijuana, it should consider this. Pot is linked to psychosis. And this came out April 18th, 2019. Yeah. And so articles like this one said that about 10% of the population is predisposed to psychosis. And the suspicion is that these are the people who are most vulnerable to the negative effects of marijuana. 
meaning marijuana can pull the trigger for psychosis in these people who are genetically predisposed. The problem is that most of us don't know we are. I certainly didn't know. My brother didn't know. And according to this author, Dr. Christine Miller, she says there is no way for anyone to know if they're predisposed to psychosis or to the negative effects of marijuana. The only way to know is when it happens to you. When it's too late. When it's too late. It's already happened. So I was shocked. <laughs> I was so surprised. Why hadn't I heard this before? Why doesn't everyone know this? I have been going to parent education meetings for drugs and alcohol for years at this time and never heard anything about this. And here, uh, Christine Miller says that all the studies have been done on moderate strength THC, meaning about 10% THC. She says the higher the dose, the stronger the risk for psychosis and schizophrenia. But if you look here, back in the day, 1965, 19, yeah. Mm -hmm, and then I was smoking it in the late 70s, so let's call that 8% THC. Yeah. And now, today, it's up to 99% THC. So the slideshow, 1965, was 3% THC, and now it's 99%. Huge, huge. And so a lot of studies have not been done on this high THC product. So we don't even know what's going to happen to people who, who use this in the short term or the long term. Right now, the studies, it's... It, it's not coming out good no, <laughs> at all. Um, but the point of this is that things are much worse today because of these high potency products. So that's um, putting more people at risk. Just recently, our Surgeon General issued this warning on marijuana, and this is the first warning by a Surgeon General since 1982. And he says in this article that um, he explains, again, the younger person is when they start, the more frequently they use, and the higher the THC content, the greater the risk is to develop psychosis and adult schizophrenia. And compounding this issue is the fact that most of America believes that it's harmless. And so because of this, a lot of people are using it. And so to have this statement from our Surgeon General is very, very important uh, to us right now especially to our teens especially to our teens yes um so and so his his warning was for uh the risk to teenagers and the risk to pre pregnant mothers and their unborn babies so uh, dr miller goes on to say that 12 to 15 percent of the people um, who use cannabis will experience psychotic symptoms she says 35 percent of those can expect to have a full psychotic break. What's the percentage on that? That's 12 large. to 15% of users, and then we'll have some kind of a psychotic thing, but to have a full psychotic break will be for 35%. That's, that's a big, big number. That's and huge. So it's yeah. huge. It's a third of the population. Well, it's actually well, a little less than that. So less, you go twelve yeah. to fifteen percent okay. will and have from that. that is thirty-five. Yeah. yeah. Yes, thirty-five percent of the twelve to fifteen percent will have then a psychotic break. Right. Um, but let's just say this: What's the percentage of people in our country who suffer from peanut allergies? Point Very six. low. Point yeah. six percent. 
Right, but now it's apparently it's up to 1.4% and they're all concerned about why it's gone up. <laughs> so, but do you see why do we all know about peanut allergies, but nobody's talking about this issue with um, psychosis and cannabis? Yeah, they're not. In Canada, this next slide that we're showing, this is a, a warning label from uh, products that are purchased, THC products purchased in Canada. And it says, warning, regular use of cannabis can increase the risk for psychosis and schizophrenia. Young people are especially at risk. So Canada, Canada is up in, up to the, you know, with the research and knowledge. Why aren't we? Yeah, well, they're still connecting the dots. And I hear they might be, you know, tampering back on what they say on these warning labels. But at least they've done this so far. But yes, um, we are way behind. We are way behind. Um, so Dr. Miller goes on to explain that 50% of those who do have that actual psychotic break, about half of them will go on to experience schizophrenia, uh. which is, um, you know, the debilitating disease that then it's really hard for people to work. I mean, I think there yeah. are some people with schizophrenia who um, are medicated and they do work successfully, but for most it is, um, they're like the people you see out on the streets. Yeah, not functional. Yeah, not functional. Yeah. Yeah. And so everyone is at risk for these harms, but undeveloped brains, that's a brain under the age of 28, are the most vulnerable. So you see over here, this um, slide just recently out from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration um, issued August uh, 2019. And it shows um, how a, a chart that shows how the risk for schizophrenia increases as the marijuana use increases. And, the, uh, and next to it is a chart that shows how much higher it is for cannabis users under the age of 15. Under the age of 18, it's still not good, but it's much worse the younger you are. Yeah, the brain is less developed, so then it can just lock itself in there easier. Right. Right. And so looking at this, we can see that neither my brother or I um, did ourselves any favors <laughs> by, by smoking pot um, at the young age that we were. And now, that's at the lower THC level, too. Exactly. Exactly. Which is why I'm like, I'm sure we were <laughs> that we're predisposed to psychosis. Um, so um, I used it sporadically. And I've had debilitating anxiety in my life. I'm much better now, thank you very much, but it was uh, very bad for many years. And my brother used it regularly, and he has schizophrenia. So, did our teen use of marijuana have anything to do with our adult mental health income uh, outcomes? Probably we'll never know. We will never know, exactly. But I told my brother about these studies, and he was as shocked as I was. He said, pot does that. He said, if I knew marijuana would make me go crazy, I never would have tried it. That is our message of prevention. If kids understand that by using cannabis, they are far more likely to use other substances. This again, August 2019 chart here, and this shows that if you use cannabis, you're more likely to have alcohol use disorder, prescription opioid use disorder, sedative, tranquilizers, stimulant use, cocaine use, heroin use. And then the big one at the end here is ever injecting any drugs of any kind. That's a huge spike for that. Yeah. Yes, it is. And people say, oh, no, the gateway theory has been disproved. And I'm like, 
Um, so this chart just came out from, yeah. And additionally, if they knew that a teenager who smokes pot can change the size of their brain, even a small amount will change it. That's what this slide says. Do you want to read what it says? Teen brain volume changes with small amount of cannabis use. And this just came out January 14, 2019 from Neuroscience News. Additionally, this report says that people who use marijuana, teenagers who use marijuana regularly um, have a lower GPA and they can lose up to eight IQ points, which can, um, they say, not be regained even after they quit using. If they knew that teen smoking pot raises the risk for a depression in adulthood, and causes anxiety in the long run. Do you want to read this one? It says, cannabis worsens mood and anxiety disorders in the long run. And that's from the Journal Watch, January 22nd, 2018. All these are within mm -hmm. this year or last year. Yeah, teen pot smoking raises risk of depression in adulthood, study finds. If you can send me all the links to these, that would be great. I can put in the show notes because so they're in uh, on my website. Oh, on your research. website, okay. Yeah, and I sent you the link for that, Got and it. so you can just scroll through and find all the links to all of these. And this one is from uh, 2017, the Warwick School of Medicine, and it says um, putting aside every other factor in a person's life, if the one thing you did is smoke pot, then you've raised your risk for bipolar disorder course psychosis and schizophrenia as we've discussed and if teenagers knew that the number one substance found in teenagers out of Colorado who successfully killed themselves that that one substance the number one substance was marijuana they might think twice before using it and this is out of the um, high intensity drug trafficking report from the Rocky Mountain, Rocky Mountain High Intensity Drug Trafficking Report, which can um, easily be found. So my brother said that if he had this information when he was a teenager, he would not have tried it. So we want every teenager to understand that by using marijuana as a teen, they have raised their risk over their whole life for all the bad things which happened to my brother and his life pretty much covers this chart and do you want to tell him what this chart says this is the mental health and social risk of marijuana use among u.s adults 18 and older and it's increased risk of advanced outcome on the left side of the chart and it goes up I mean, adverse outcome oh adverse outcome i mean mental yeah. illness any mental illness, serious mental illness, unemployment, probation and parole, government assistant program, everything increases with mm -hmm. the use of marijuana. Mm -hmm. And again, from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. All these are on oh. Heidi's website. Um, yeah, this one isn't. I sent you the link to the oh, SAMHSA. One. That's the um, okay. acronym for it. I sent you the link for that video so people can watch the video report. It just okay. came out. Um, and I think, and I sent you uh, uh, the one to the Surgeon General report, which came okay. out recently as well, because those haven't been added to my website quite yet. Okay. Um, but we will. 
So, um, so we believe that if people understood the real risk of, of what they're taking by using marijuana as a teenager, that there will be some who will not try it, there will be some who will cut back their use, and there will be some who will quit trying it, quit using it. Yes. So um, I asked my brother if he wanted to write a book to warn teenagers about what he wished, we both wish we knew when we were teenagers. And he said yes. And so together we wrote this book called A Night in Jail. And it's actually a fictional telling inspired by the true events of his life. And I saw the and, play. I read the book. It's wonderful. You really need to get it. Oh, thank you. I love it. And I hope it's fun. It's a fun story. <laughs> yeah. um, we really wanted to make it so that it was entertaining for people to read, um, yeah. but to still have an important message at the end. And so here, here's our website, anightinjail.com, and these are the menu items. Um, research is the one where you can find all the science. Um, and this, it was made into a staged reading, as Jacqueline mentioned. She came out and supported it. We had a standing ovation. It was yes. so great. Yes. And then it's also been made into a short film, and uh, we did this locally with a really brilliant young um, high school uh, director. His name is Ethan Nolander. So, so that's you. the end thank of you. PowerPoint. Yay. So tell Yay. us, um, you have a quote to give the, read the listeners out there. Yes, yes. And so um, the, the plot of the story is um, an 18-year-old Danny is busted for smoking pot and he's forced to spend the night in jail. And his cellmate is a homeless drug addict with schizophrenia. And this uh, homeless person keeps this teenager awake all night long <laughs> with his delusional rants. And so um, my, one of my favorite quotes from it is, and, and this is something that um, my brother has said many times, I can tell a crackhead to a speedhead to an acid head to a junkie, a drunk to a stoner, and you, Danny, are stoned. <laughs> and you got to read the book. It, it's really good at the end. I'm not going to tell yeah. you. Yeah, don't tell uh, Nope, not telling anybody. Yeah. Go to anightinjail.com. All the information mm -hmm. is there. Research the story, mm -hmm. the book. Invite Heidi to come speak to your school, your events, your organization. She is, is mesmerizing. Oh, thank you, Jacqueline. Thank, thank you. you, Heidi, for being on the show. Thank you, Jacqueline. I really appreciate you having me on Parent Pump. This is amazing. Okay, listeners, until next time, always be learning and always be growing. Thank you so much for joining us today. Go to parentpumpradio.com and click on the pink box on the top of our homepage to listen to our new and archived shows. To be instantly notified of new episodes, subscribe to our RSS feed. The RSS feed button is located at the top of the page where all our shows are featured. And after listening to the show, go to parentpumpradio.com or our Facebook page to leave your comments, questions, and topic suggestions. Until next time, have a wonderful week.